You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 90, Health, Anxiety, and Cancer. You do not have to live like this with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. So today we're going to delve into a very interesting concept for Alex and I, the concept of health anxiety and what that means and how that shows up into the lives of some of cancer thrivers. So maybe we can start uh, right with what is health anxiety? So from my understanding, reading articles, doing some experience and, and looking into the topic itself, health anxiety is when young adults, children, people perceive symptoms or ordinary responses to their everyday lives and they look at them a little bit more overwhelmingly in the sense that they take them to be perceived as an illness. So what they do is that they make this unreasonable or illogical decision that everything that's happening to them in their lives regarding their health is a much more sort of response to how they're actually living in their life. So for example, um, people are getting headaches every couple of weeks they assume that it's a brain tumor and they have this over obsessive worry about something going on that maybe not maybe may not be as concerning as it should be in the regular life so it's when you have this idea of everything that's happening to you is a little bit more um made a, a larger deal than it is in a sense more related to health specifically so when it comes up in your real life and you have these physical illnesses you're a little bit more irritable you can't sleep you worry a little bit more and there's a difference that we're going to dive into to worrying and fact checking that can really distinguish the difference between health anxiety. And before I pass you the mic, Gabrielle, I think it's more important to note that health anxiety isn't necessarily a disorder. So there are symptoms that can lead to disorder, but the idea of health anxiety is just maybe the thought of, am I experiencing an illness? When in reality, they're just symptoms that come up in an everyday life uh, standpoint. Yeah, some anxiety around your health is normal. And it's probably one of the things that makes us human and still here on this earth is because once when we do have a symptom or something that's a little off with our minds or our bodies, we go and get checked. We're a little anxious about how unusual it is. And that kind of gets us to the doctors or doing something about it. When health anxiety is a lot about that excessive worrying, it's about finding any little thing that's unusual to be very, very scary. It could be a simple he headache that you have just exactly like you said, once in a while, which is most likely just a headache, but that becomes again, a brain tumor. It becomes so excessively huge as a problem. And um, most of the time it's not, it's not founded in anything. Mm -hmm. When we talk about health anxiety in the context of cancer, often the fact that we've had a cancer diagnosis can kind of create that health anxiety and kind of propel that to excessive measures because we've lived through an experience where maybe we weren't diagnosed correctly at, the fir at first or we went through a lot of trauma when it comes to our health. That becomes a, a worry for us, an excessive worry, which can be translated into health anxiety. Absolutely. And so this is where we kind of bring it in more so to the sore above cancer realm. As we're going to discuss now, how have we, Gabrielle and I, experienced health anxiety in our experience with cancer specifically? Yeah. 
I fell upon this book because when uh, someone I know from, from my cancer life was reading it and it's called Overcoming Health Anxiety, Letting Go of Your Fear of Illness. And it's by Owens and Anthony. That book has really changed a lot of how I live my life with cancer in the survivorship phase of my experience. And I've written a blog post that came out last Friday on the topic. So go check that out if you're interested. Really what I explain is that I have been living with what I now can call health anxiety, excessive worry around health issues and little things that come up. And for me, putting that name to what I was experiencing, being so sure that I was going to get cancer again, or being so sure that being sick or nauseous meant that my cancer was coming back. So a lot of health anxiety around cancer, naming it has really changed my perspective. So that's kind of how I've lived health anxiety. It's recent for me as a diagnosis or as a a word that I can attribute to what I was feeling, but I've lived with it for a long time as in how I dealt with my healthcare team and myself. So I think for myself, similar to you, Gabrielle, I've I've had that health anxiety scare, but not more so in survivor phase i think more so during my treatment when you'd go through the motions you'd have your cycles of treatment and something would come out out of the ordinary but that wouldn't necessarily come out of specific cancer you'd get maybe uh, i'd have a certain stomach ache or i'd have a leg pain or i'd have a headache that didn't necessarily have the same attributes that would be caused from the medication or the chemotherapy that i was going through and that's the first thing that sort of pops into your head i think as a cancer thriver when you're living your worst fear I think that health anxiety hits a certain peak. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's logical because you have that illness or that that cancer to maybe find the gap between what you're actually experiencing when you're living through cancer and what maybe you think you're experiencing when maybe you have a headache or a stomach ache or certain pain or certain um, mental capacity for certain something. So I I haven't gone through it too much in survivor phase. I've always maintained that But when you're going through it and maybe you have a complication and you have to skip a week of treatment or something like that, you have a pain you don't normally feel. There was times where I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be longer than I anticipated. Maybe it's um, worsening for for some reason. Um, And so that would happen every once in a while throughout the treatment phase. One of the best examples of health anxiety in this cancer world that we live in is Googling. I think that will find a symptom. And if you do experience a lot of health anxiety, you might go down that rabbit hole of researching it and finding all of the things that might be wrong because of the symptoms or everything that the symptom could indicate. And that overwhelms you when you're kind of that you spiral down that way. I think that's one of the best examples to kind of show health anxiety that a lot of us talk about. Absolutely. And we dis- we discussed a little throughout that last exchange about how our health anxiety peaked at different times. Yeah. So we really want to discuss now the impact that health anxiety has on every stage of the experience. So do we think that it's worse at the beginning or do you think it's worse at the end or is it a plateau throughout the whole experience? So again, some worry around your health is more than normal if we can use that word in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of us have that, live through that. And from the day we are diagnosed and even before that, a little more worry than 
the average person might have is, again, still very normal to experience because we are faced with a trauma, a very serious illness. And that changes a lot in our lives, specifically when it's health related. When anxiety come, health anxiety comes in, it's very excessive. So it changes. It has a lot of different impacts on your day-to-day life at any phase of, of the cancer experience. When we're in the first phases of, of active treatment or diagnosis, even right after treatment, I think some... I think a lot of people might not realize that health anxiety plays a role in the experience compared to afterwards where you're no longer quote unquote sick as uh, per your, your healthcare team's medical opinion. So sometimes it's a little more evident that you, you are excessively thinking about something or that you're excessively looking into something that might not be there. I think that Again, in both cases, it has a real impact and that really will vary depending on the individual. It can have impacts on your ability to socialize with people. Sometimes it's hindering your ability to go in public spaces where there might be a little more germs or people being sick around you. Sometimes it has an impact, like I described in my my blog post last week, on your relationships with your healthcare team because you might not believe them. There might be some disconnect between what they're saying and what you're understanding through that lens of health anxiety. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think you just you just brought up a good point when you have that relationship with your medical team. I think the more you go, the more the the as your treatment continues and as the path and your knowledge grows that may mean that your health anxiety grows a little bit more with that. So even if you didn't necessarily have health anxiety pre-diagnosis, I think it creates a worry once you're diagnosed because in that initial stage, you may not have an idea of what cancer is. You may, the only knowledge you know is through your medical team. And I think a lot of people fall into this space of this is exactly the all-knowing doctor and this is what I'm, I'm going to listen to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And if you believe that throughout the whole treatment, that isn't necessarily a bad thing either. But the idea is it gets more complex to treat health anxiety, I think, as you continue through the process because your worries grow and maybe you might have a little bit more knowledge of what you're going through. And when you experience something that isn't related to cancer, you may think, okay, well, I have all this research and from these different doctors or from this article, this pain may actually mean this and you bring it up to your doctor and then maybe you have different opinions on it. So it's a little bit more complex to, to downgrade that health anxiety or to um, treat that health anxiety. So I think once you're going through the treatment and you're in the later stages, if you go through a scare, your health anxiety may be more complex to treat because maybe that health professional that you're dealing with isn't able to give you the answer that you think and you want to seek that second or third opinion. So mm-hmm. I think once you have a little bit more knowledge, the impact that health anxiety can have can be not worse, but it could have more of an effect because it would take a lot more to, to treat that health anxiety. So I think um, that's, that's my opinion on the matter. I think it also has more impact in a survivorship setting because your healthcare team doesn't have that same anxiety around your health anymore. I think during treatment, when you say to someone 
whether that's your family or your healthcare team, really anyone around you that you have a headache, people are going to jump as high as you do because they will be checking if it's treatments doing that to you, if it's something else, if it's cancer. They, they really do have the same reaction as you do around a headache compared to during the survivorship phase where you still are in that kind of automatic response to health issues. You overreact. Again, it's, it's overreacting in the general sense, but for you, we understand that it's not overreacting. For you, it's very real, but for everyone else, it's overreacting because they're not as convinced about the side effects of treatments or, or the impact of cancer anymore for them, they're, they've moved on to something else. Yeah. So I think I agree in the sense that it may be harder to convince someone that what you're experiencing may be real or, or you've been, okay, now you're good. Now move on. So everything now isn't necessarily related to cancer. Sometimes it might, and you may be right on the head, but that isn't necessarily the point. It's the idea that you may be alone in this health anxiety and it's tougher to convince others that you're not overreacting when in the real sense, you probably aren't because this has happened to you. So maybe we're more aware and we're more on guard when things happen. And when you're living with health anxiety, I think that's a distinction that's very hard to make. Mm -hmm. I think that you get stuck in, it must be real and it is very real for you. And and it does just kind of get bigger and bigger, but all of it still feels so real, real to you that it is justified as worry. I think from my own experience, and I don't know if anyone else shares this, I've never come across that written anywhere, but I can really tell when I'm worrying versus when I have health anxiety. And when I have a worry that is a little more supported and that I need to act on, get checked, et cetera, I am a lot calmer. I'm very factual. I have a plan. I'm a lot, again, just kind of calmer as a, as a person and I act as I should I react to the issue on hand? When I have health anxiety, I am irrational and things spiral down a lot quicker than, than when I, there's something actually wrong with me. But health anxiety is really anxiety at the end of it. And it's very irrational and it's something that feels very different than worry. That being said, I think that it's important to, to have a plan with your doctor And that's, if you can only take away one thing from today's episode, I think you should keep that in mind is that if you experience health anxiety, go and sit down with your doctor and check, what do I need to come see you for? Because sometimes health anxiety, it's hard to determine what do I need to go in to see the doctor for? And how can I learn to manage that health anxiety without overreacting and going to see multiple doctors? So again, that health anxiety is you should maybe go see your doctor and kind of plan for that. Makes sense. And this health anxiety really affects not only our medical team or ourselves, it really affects the people around us. So what impact does health anxiety really have on our caregivers? Having experienced health anxiety in my survivorship phase, I think that the impact of my anxiety around my health on my caregivers is huge. First of all, I think it puts a lot of strain on our relationships sometimes simply because I am so convinced of something 
but they kind of see my anxiety for what it is. And so me being convinced, I sometimes don't believe them. And that can be, I'm sure, very frustrating for them. Yeah, I just don't take their word for it. So I end up when there really isn't. So I think it has some strain. I think it also adds a lot of pressure on them to make sure that we're always okay and to kind of talk us down from that health anxiety continuously. Because I think that it's very easy when you have health anxiety to get yourself kind of worked up mm-hmm. and your caregivers are going to be on the front line. It's not your care team. Your care team sees you after you're, you're still very worked up probably, but your care, your, your caregivers are right there and they will see you crying or screaming or freaking out or whatever you do when you have health anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it could be emotionally draining at times for caregivers who, who could probably, when they're going through the experience with you, probably don't even have an, an idea if health anxiety is even an option. I think maybe they, they might consider your worries for face value and think everything that you're worried about she's probably telling the truth about or he's probably right this is probably a legitimate worry and sometimes it may not be and so I think it's for them it's, it's difficult to even consider the fact that maybe we are overreacting or something that we're concerned about isn't a concern I think their main priority which is fantastic is to make sure that we're doing okay and and help us get to the medical team or help us diagnose a certain symptom so I think it's possible that if they're aware of health anxiety or if they are, if we teach them about things that we're worried about that's legitimate or things that aren't legitimate or th- somehow there's that mention of that health anxiety if we're both on the same page there, I think it's beneficial for them to go, okay, well, are, is this a justified worry or are you just concerned? I think they, they play a big part in, our, in our, our experience for a reason and I think it's fair for them to have the ability to, to, to talk to us and be blunt with us and say, I don't know if this is a legitimate worry based on what you've told me. Let's discuss this together. So I think it can be exhausting, but I think it's more beneficial to them to have the understanding of health anxiety so they, they can be better prepared and equipped to deal with us if we're maybe making a decision or, or uh, a thought process that isn't justified in worry. Our caregivers have can play a huge role in our health anxiety in keeping it alive sometimes by just keeping us um, either worrying just by, by being concerned for us, like legit concerned or by, by telling us that it's okay, that it's nothing, that it's nothing by reinforcing that, Oh, it's okay. There's nothing going on. Are you going to be fine? Et cetera. I think that also sometimes fuels our health anxiety because we go keep going back for, to those people for reassurance all the time, instead of kind of talking us down ourselves and learning that these thoughts are anxiety and not necessarily anything serious that I need to jump 10 feet high for. Mm-hmm. Maybe next we can talk about that. This doesn't apply to me trap. And I put this in our show notes because reading my my book on health anxiety and then researching it online, I caught myself at multiple intervals saying to myself that this wasn't me. And this is 100% me. I do live with health anxiety and I, I am managing it. But this doesn't apply to me was a constant thought in my head and I didn't want to believe it because I had had cancer before I knew all of these symptoms so if I was not if I'm nauseous now I often think that to the 
to the pre-diagnosis phase where I was also nauseous and how those must relate when they don't. I've been checked multiple times for this. So I was telling myself that this doesn't apply to me because I know myself well enough, except I kept giving myself excuses. So I wanted to discuss this with you, Alex. What do you think? Yeah, well, the idea of this doesn't apply to me, I think this goes beyond just health anxiety. I think a lot of people may see just some type of symptom or the idea of even just mental health and and social workers, that whole psychotherapy realm in general, they think this isn't going to help, this doesn't apply to me. But then they go turn around and have this health anxiety. They're worried about certain symptoms. So there's ways to combat this. This doesn't apply to me mentality, which we'll discuss in a moment. But the idea is when you do the research on something and health anxiety, if you have any idea that maybe some symptoms that you have or some ideas that you have are similar, I think if you have this open mind, you have to, you have to go into it with an open mind let's put it that way. I think this idea of this doesn't apply to me is fair. I think everyone at some point in their lives has that mentality. I know mentally, and there's certain responses I have to everyday situations where I think, okay, this isn't the right response. And this is just completely separate from health anxiety. And I think a lot of the times I just have to stop and think, is it justified? And is there's never too late to change certain opinions or certain ways to combat that mentality. So as soon as you become vulnerable, as soon as you have the idea of this doesn't, this, this may actually be something I deal with, I think the floodgates open, you become a lot more perceptive to ways to combat it. And it, the real idea is that even if it does apply to you, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not the end of the world. You, you are aware, you're self-aware of what's going on. But I, knew, I do know that it's totally understandable to think that health anxiety doesn't apply to me and every worry I have is justified. And then you take a step back and realize maybe it's not. I think, I think it's totally, it totally happens often. And it's just something that we have to be aware of. Now I can live with the mentality of I can manage this and I can do something about it instead of just kind of letting it happen to me passively. Um, so it can have a huge impact on your, your life as a survivor or as someone living with cancer because naming it, I think is key. It's putting a name to something that you're passively experiencing that is having a huge impact on your life. And absolutely. And this whole idea of what we've been talking about is sort of diagnosing what health anxiety is and some of the traps and and mentalities that can come along with it. But how really do we treat it? How, How is health anxiety, how do we take that step to combating health anxiety. And I think one of the ideas that we've looked into is the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy as one of the preferred treatments for health anxiety. So let's discuss what that is and maybe if it's beneficial when it comes to health anxiety and maybe other symptoms for cancer thrivers. Yeah, so cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of therapy that is used to kind of change behavior, which kind of the name indicates, but it's a really interesting therapy that uh, you can start to look into by yourself. I think it's a self-therapy in a sense. There's, there's great books, like I'm going to link the Overcoming Health Anxiety book, which talks about kind of behavioral therapy. There's other books like Mind Over Mood, which again, takes the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't apply specifically in the context of health anxiety, but still it's a self-help book that you can work through therapist, social workers, psychologist, psychotherapist, really any health, uh, mental health 
professional is going to be able to help you with this type of therapy if that's interesting to you. Why is it the preferred treatment of health anxiety? Well, it was tested. There's multiple studies that show that health anxiety is treated with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, but also anxiety in general. CBT is very effective for that. What is cognitive behavioral therapy? It's really about kind of looking at your thoughts that are fueling that anxiety, looking at alternative thoughts to those thoughts. So what other thoughts have I not considered that can help lower that anxiety and bring me to a calmer state where I can more rationally think about this issue? And then concluding with Okay, so now that I've looked at my anxiety, anxious thoughts, and my the alternative thoughts that might be available to me, what are my conclusions? Do I need to go see a doctor because it's an actual worry that I have around my health, or should I wait a few hours to see if this headache just kind of goes away and manage it from there? So that kind of idea is kind of behavioral therapy really simply put, I would go look into it yourself if that's something that's interesting to you. Yeah, I think it was a good, very good summary there. It's really just seeing your thought processes and a situation that you may be in from different viewpoints. So if you think one way, what are the alternative viewpoints that can be had and do they make sense? And can I approach them from a different way? So it's the idea of, yeah, just seeing things from different perspectives because when you're more open-minded or when you can step back from a situation and look at it from a more objective standpoint, there's so many different ways and it changes your behavior in terms of how you approach things. And it can very much deter you from having an anxious moment. But at the end of the day, it, it just changes your mindset and how do I approach every situation in everyday life. So if you have a more objective viewpoint, you will... It, I think at the end of the day, it helps in a lot of situations because you can be more understanding of and maybe more sympath empathetic um, to a certain situation and think, this is how I'm feeling now, but there's so many different ways to feel and is it justified to feel the way I'm feeling? I think a lot of people have this thought process after the uh, an event has happened. You're more reactive. Cognitive behavioral therapy is about being more proactive to how you respond to the situation. And when you're more proactive in any situation, it can determine how you respond to it. So I think this is definitely preferred. I think it's researched very well. It's something I'd love to apply to in my everyday life, just in terms of how I respond to certain people. So I think it's, it's definitely something that should be researched for all our listeners. Yeah. So what else has helped us? And more importantly, what do we think that does not help us manage health anxiety? Yeah. Well, we've spoken about it so much, but seeing some type of social counselor is just beneficial in many ways. I would, love to, I would love to recommend that for all situations. What do we think would not help us? I think these Google searches are not helpful, but it's the generation that we live in. And if we do that self-diagnosis, it throws us under the bus because we're in so many different mental realms and this, is, this could happen, this could happen. There's so many different ranges on the spectrum of things that could be related to a physical or mental feeling that you have. And at the end of the day, you're not getting anywhere when you don't have that one final decision made. You're only making yourself worry more. So I think when you have that self-diagnosis and you go into a rabbit hole on Google or on WebMD, it just throws your mind right off. 
So I think taking a second to step back, try and think logically about the situation that you're involved in and the symptom that you're feeling and talk to someone about it. For sure. I'm going to restate that I think that if you're living with health anxiety, you need to have a conversation with your either your oncologist or radiologist or your family doctor to check and make a plan about what you need to react at and when it comes to changes in your body and your mind and what you need to learn to kind of manage because it's, it's health anxiety speaking. So I think that's, for me, the first step that needs to get done when you do live with health anxiety to make sure that you do end up getting everything that needs to get checked, checked out by someone, by a healthcare professional. Things that I have learned might not be that useful in regards to health anxiety. It really surprised me what that list included. And that's going to differ very much from individual to another individual. But for me, it was like definitely the internet was not a great starting point. Whenever I do have a symptom, I try to stay off the internet now because I know that that fuels my health anxiety so much. Mm. Actually, for me, talking to some of my loved ones, my caregivers, was fueling my anxiety a lot more than anything else. When I called and talk to them about that new symptom that I had or that feeling that I was iffy about, I would spiral down on the phone with them. And that has created tensions um, at various points because I'm just fueling my anxiety and they're not sure how to react to that. And that, and then the list goes on. It can include going for medical tests. So if you're pushing and pushing your medical team to send you for tests that they think are unnecessary, is that an unhelpful way to deal with your health anxiety? Which surprised me because that's often a way for us to get a peace of mind, but sometimes it does make it worse. And I, I can admit to that. It can be going for second, third, fourth, fifth opinions with different healthcare professionals because you don't believe the first, second, third, and fourth. So all, all little things that we do to kind of ourselves counter health anxiety and make us calmer, but that in reality, really, they don't, they just fuel that, that it's a reaction to our anxiety that we feel. And we want to change that reaction to something that is a lot more calming. So taking deep breath or changing our our thought patterns with cognitive behavioral therapy so different things like that there are ways to to take away or or move away from those unhelpful reactions that fuel our anxiety to worry something that is going to actually help us feel calmer Mm -hmm. so in today's episode gabrielle and i discuss the idea of what is health anxiety and how does it show up in our everyday lives We bring it more to a sorb of cancer standpoint when we talk about how health anxiety affects cancer thrivers and how our experience is intertwined with health anxiety and what experience we have with it. And we really discuss how the impact of health anxiety affects the loved ones around us and how we can really discuss the difference of what health anxiety actually is and what is justified in our worries. We discuss some of the traps that can be involved when it comes to health anxiety and when we can lead us down the wrong path. We come up with solutions and discuss the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy. And then we finally end off with what has helped us and maybe is something that we can be avoided. So health anxiety is an interesting topic. It can come up in everyone's everyday life. And it's something that should be researched because maybe it applies to you and maybe there's ways to combat it.
Yes. There are many more ways to learn more about health anxiety. So we're going to link some links to specific resources that we've found particularly interesting and helpful down in the show notes. Also talk to your healthcare team. They might have a lot more information around this. Uh, researching to a certain degree, we know how overwhelmed that can make us. But still, the internet is full of really good resources when it comes to health anxiety. And Alex and I would love to have conversations with any of you who would like to discuss this topic further. We do really enjoy hearing from all of you. So this ends episode 90, Health Anxiety and Cancer. You do not have to live like this. Of course, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, like I said before, if you simply want to share your story, do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer website, as well as our social media accounts, which are linked in the show notes. Many, many smiles to you and see you next week. 